Hello out there in podcast land and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where your hosts have lots of opinions with zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, we crack up jokes, give your insight into the film, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm your host Adam, I'm joined by the maestro. Hello! I am sometimes a Muppet and sometimes I'm a nut. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you feel like one, sometimes you don't. Uh, nope, here we go. I am one. Okay. And also Cowboy. Hello. Sometimes I am a nut. Sometimes <laughs> I am a Muppet. That was the most creative one you've done so far. Uh, this week, we continue our quarantine block of episodes to help us through these tough times. We can't pick movies that we usually do, so we're still picking movies that we like. Uh, I have chosen this week to do a movie that I remember liking back in the day and wanted to see if it held the test of time. It is a time travel movie. Uh-huh which I'm usually a very big stickler about. Mm-hmm. And I was curious if this would stand the test of time with my timey-wimey craziness. Mm-mm. This is so you hijacked the whole show and start picking all your movies. Got it. We, you guys are on the list, too. We'll get there. Yeah, we, we've done two movies of yours in a row. I don't think that's very fair. I, this is supposed to be a democracy. I disagree. This is a Republic of Rat Pack. Uh, okay, Democratic got it. Okay. Isn't the Republic of Rat Pack even more so supposed to be neutral? Hail Adam. Sorry, what? All right. How do I meet you guys' mics? All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2004's The Butterfly Effect. It's a slippery soap, sir. Slippery soap. It's directed I'm by... Still feeling that effect. Oh. <laughs> directed by Eric Eric Bress. Also, Jay McKee Gruber. Eric Titty? Mm, McKee. Mackie, maybe. No, you said, you said Breast. Said... Eric Bress is one. Two S's. So, yes. no Titty. T. Oh boy! No tea, no tea. Uh, this stars Ashton Kutcher, Melora Walters, Amy Smart, Eldon Henson, and William Lee Scott. William Lee. You Scott. know, I do just need to point out: you picked two movies in a row that showed breasts. Oh, oh, I, I oh, right. I just realized that you're right. Yeah. Huh. When picking them, I didn't realize uh, they would have those things in common. Freud would say, "Maybe you did. You just didn't know. Is maybe your subconscious." Also, you might have a thing for your mother or not your father or something. I don't know. Here's a synopsis for the film, and then we'll get on to our <laughs> review of the movie. Uh, Evan Treborn suffers blackouts during significant events of his life. As he grows up, he finds a way to remember those lost memories and a supernatural way to alter his life by reading his journal. Was he born by the trees, just like Dances with Wolves? Like, was brought up by wolves? Like, uh, so he was brought up by trees? He's the raven. Yeah. You see, he's going to be the raven. Uh, he was the creator of the Pirates, the TV show, the, the company. As long as he doesn't go rogue. <laughs> Have you seen this movie before, Cowboy? Um, you know, I thought I had. I've heard of it many times. In fact, I thought I owned it, and then I went to go look for it, and I was like, Maybe it's not the movie I was thinking of. And then I realized it isn't the movie I was thinking of. I was thinking of Shutter Island. Mm. Oh, so, no, I had, not, I had not watched this movie before, but I had now. Maestro? I've watched this movie, which is the reason of my disdain last episode when you just told us <laughs> that we were watching this movie again. Okay. So you did not like it the first time you watched it? Hell No. Okay, what, what what was it about it back then that you did not like? Gee, let me think. I look through my journal and I have superpowers to go back in time to a time where I black out. Hmm. None of that makes sense to me. None <laughs> of that should make sense to me or you. Watching it now, do you have a different opinion or are you cemented in your, yeah. No, it's cemented. Cemented, okay. Yep. <laughs> it's cemented in like five blo- five pound, five feet of like... Wow. Hard, cold cement at the bottom of the ocean. That's it's never going anywhere. He, he, he used extra rebar. Yep. Oh. Yep. 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 <laughs> Did you think they used rebar with the uh, the the stone shoes when they were the mafia was burying people? Or was no, they, no I, don't, I don't think it really would matter about that point. Okay. I mean, I guess if you really hated the guy, you might use some rebar. Mm. Who cares? All right, <laughs> so. I I remember liking this movie and watching it again. I still like it. I I really like this movie. 
And I think it's because I'm such a stickler for the whole time thing. And there's time traveling in here, as mentioned in the synopsis. Uh, He has blackouts when he's a kid. And the the way this movie, I think, to me, and I'll I'll wait for you guys to uh, refute this, it's it's very linear from his perspective. Uh, Time keeps changing around him, but he is still the same person. So if somebody were to time travel... He would be the same person. He'd have all the memories. And, and and what I liked about this is that when he does change the past, the memories kind of flow into his brain, which is causing uh, apparently uh, some sort of tumor or something. Or is it a it's tumor? It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Okay. <laughs> it's you. not a tumor. <laughs> see, this is the thing while I was going about, okay? You see, the reality about this is – well, not the reality. the 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 main con- The main con- concept is he goes into back into time through reading his journal, changes his past, and then things change and memories change, and things that he's supposed to remember change too, which kind of bleed out into something that doesn't make much more sense because he's literally sitting in the middle of a room reading a book. And it's supposed to change everything that's happened in the past. There's so much. And that's supposed to give him a tumor or some sort of lesion on his brain. Right. How does any of this make any logical sense whatsoever? See, uh, go ahead, Cowboy. You got something to say? No, I was just going to say, it wasn't like it wasn't like a lesion, but it was like a mass in his brain where the portion of memory is stored in your brain is causing it to expand. Because like he explained in that one scene, he's like, it's because I just crammed what, 18, 10 years of memories in 40 minutes into his head, right. uh, which is, is supposed to be impossible, causing that effect. But um my uh, I, I don't I couldn't say I really had a problem with this. I like the concept and everything, but um, I would not kill myself in the end. I would just go back and make everything the way it was and just, you know, yeah. I think my my major major issue with the movie is because the softy in me wanted him to, you know, stay alive and fix everything and, and have the perfect life. Instead, he had to die. And that's stupid. Well, but th- that's the whole kind of, I think, premise of it, that his his grandfather went crazy from the same uh, thing that he has. His dad went crazy. And eventually, you, you can't. You, it's impossible to fix everything because you go back with a certain uh, goal. I need to fix this one thing. And you fix that one thing. But that one thing has repercussions that you could never imagine. And uh, the, the, I guess the, the only flaw in this movie is that they, for, for me anyway, was that, that they went through uh, it was dramatic things. I go back to fix this one thing, and now, oh, shit, that got fucked up even more. Well, I think the reason why it's like that, Adam, is because that's the whole premise of the butterfly fly effect. The whole idea about a small thing can have a taxing adv- issue to something far, far, far away from it. It's also millions times bigger, based upon exponential growth over time. But, and I'll understand. I just I'm not upset with the premise of the story. I'm upset with how they went about it. I don't like the idea that you can sit in a room and time travel through reading something <laughs> that you forgot. Supposedly. So, so you like the premise of the movie. You do not like the execution. That's correct. Just like I like the premise of Five Deadly Venoms, but not the execution. (laughs) Sure. I liked neither. Uh, Oh, so you did like Butterfly Effect either, didn't I? No, no. uh, In Five Deadly Venoms, (laughs) I did not like the execution or the premise. Uh, All bad. Oh, so Butterfly Effect was bad for you too then? No, it was amazing. Uh, It was was, was fantastic. It was was, was the greatest, greatest time trap movie I've ever seen. Also, I know you're using both your hands like me. that. Believe me, no, I know you're lying. <laughs> I mean, I, I I can tell you going into the movie, I I was expecting to have a hard time seeing Ashton Kutcher as a serious role because of you know that '70s show and the ranch, you know, because those are the only few things that I've really seen him in, and he's been a complete 
either dork or redneck or idiot and dumbass, you know. So seeing him in a serious role, I, I honestly could say I didn't have a hard time seeing. He did a good job, you know. I agree. Playing I, a serious role. I, I liked him in this role because th- there were parts where you can kind of see a little bit of uh, that 70 show leaking in. Uh, what was his damn name in that show? Kelso. Kelso. There's, there's, there's like little pieces of Kelso, but not enough that it's distracting. It's okay. You're a funny guy. You have a sense of humor and that kind of, I think, leaks out. But he's also very bright. He's a very smart guy. He understands things. And uh, I, I think the, the, the part that I found uh, the most entertaining was when he's first diagnosed with, hey, your brain's all fucked up. And he's in the wheelchair kind of like <laughs> goofing around. That was the most Kelso out of the entire movie that he was. He was like, yeah, so I got this thing in my brain. Yeah, I got it. I understood. I'm going to take a walk. And then, <laughs> and then he steals the key card and does the things. That was the most Kelso you see him as. But everything but that, else. That, I, would, I wouldn't even equate that as Kelso because that was like a witty smartness. Kelso was a dumbass smartness, like he mm. or a dumbass funny because he was such an idiot and so dumb because he was so fucked up on drugs and, and and high all the time that he he was a dumbass and that that kind of funny came out of Kelso. This okay. was like a witty banter type funny. Yeah, I'm smart. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, cool. All right, cool. Boom. Okay, no, that, that's that's fair. Uh, th- there was uh, one scene that stuck out to me that. I was watching this with Annie, and uh, she was confused by it. But to me, it resonated, and it was, it was perfectly done. When he does change things at one point, and he comes back as a frat boy, and he is trying to get the pledges to do whatever. Rush, it was the rush week, or I don't, I don't I was never in a sorority or fraternity, uh, either one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he, when he starts yelling at the, at the recruits, and then he catches himself like, whoa, where did that come from? And Annie was confused by it. But to, to me, it was crystal clear that it was the personality of him in that timeline bleeding through who he actually is. So when he was yelling at, at the recruits and being that dick, he that was the two different worlds colliding. Where he is himself, the smart guy, the, he went through all these things and he's experienced life and he's much more even-mannered person. But when the timelines crossed, and in this reality, he is that jock douchebag that wears bright colors, and is uh, it has his girl. When he starts yelling at the recruits, it's that is his personality in that timeline that is not him bleeding through, and that's why he kind of freaks out about it. I'm like, ah, oh, all right, uh, go take a shower. You guys are fine. Don't let everybody mess with you. It, it's a contradiction of the two timelines trying to come together and it, it doesn't make sense to him because wh- why would I yell because that's me in this timeline though yeah and his girlfriend at the time solidified that because she made it a point to point out that well, why are you acting different why are you walking like this and why why are you you know acting like this talking like this what's with the accents and stuff like that this isn't who you are and then you know i like this nice thing that you did you know at the dinner and stuff but that that's not you he's like well can't, can't i do something nice for you and you know so he didn't even real. I, I i got the i got the sense that he didn't even really know who he was and like you said who he was in that timeline because of what he went and changed and who he ended up being was bleeding out and he didn't understand it because he still felt himself inside. Right. The uh, the only real issue that I think I had with the movie was the uh, it's set up in the beginning where, that he has blackouts where he he loses time and he cuts back into his reality as oh I don't remember the last five minutes of whatever happened and those come into crucial play later on where he does come back and revisit those but. He's revisiting separate parts of the timeline which should not exist if things got changed. So at one point he goes back when they're kind of older, when uh, I think it was Tommy is trying to kill his dog. He changes things. And then goes back further to the when they were younger, changes that. And then he goes back and changes something that was further along with, with the uh, firecracker or the uh, M80 in the, in the mailbox. If he changed the thing in the beginning when they were much, much younger, 
the uh, M80 in the mailbox shouldn't have happened. So all, it, it, there's a lot of when he, the jumping back points. It should have gone from oldest to youngest if it was going to actually have an effect. But it went from old to young to uh, mid age and back and forth when those things should never have happened. Given the timeline he jumps into, that's that's the only issue I have. And yet he had the the wherewithal at the end of the movie to go back to when he was in his mother's stomach. When he was in his mother's stomach, a baby who honestly couldn't formulate thoughts and the connectivity of the brain was not there, choke himself in the womb. I did that. That I didn't get. You know. Well, because it's it's his mature mind in the mind in the body of a younger person which is why okay. when, he, when he confronts the the pedophile guy it's action kutcher at age was he 24 at this point maybe something like that he goes back and he says hey dickwad get the fuck out of stop abusing your daughter stop being a dick it's 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 his 24 year old brain in a seven-year-old body so if when he does go back to the fetus oh my god as i'm talking about this it sounds so stupid <laughs> in the course of the movie it made sense sing it out loud is what the f- so it's a 24 year old brain inside of a fetus <laughs> so he understands and he knows oh I can just choke myself out <laughs> yeah um, oh god damn it <laughs> this, guy's a, this guy's a murderer so this whole movie is a murder suicide yeah because he murdered Tommy and then he committed suicide he, when well, he, he was a baby. I think he basically – he destroyed everybody's life at certain, <laughs> at certain points. Uh, my, my problem is, is why did he go under the desk and write that note saying, if you find this, I'm probably already dead, blah, blah, blah. Um, if you killed yourself in the womb, that note would not exist because that would disappear. What was the point in writing that note? I'm going to go back and save her. Nobody's going to know that. Nobody's going to find that. It's not going to exist. Yeah. But at the time he wrote that note, I think he he assumed that the only way he could do his whole time traveling thing was through the written word. It wasn't until after that that he realized that his dad had the same thing but used pictures, which is what, what gave him the idea to use the movies. Yeah. Uh, the video of – But of, still, of he wrote that right before he pressed play on the movie. So his intent was to use the the family videos to – go back to when he was born to kill himself as a fetus or as a baby in his mom's tummy. But that letter he's writing before he pressed play would not exist if he succeeded and killed himself. Yeah. So Um, what's the point in the fucking letter? It's a great intro to the movie. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) It it, it is stupid. Does not make sense. Now that we're, God damn it. I like this movie. Now, now that I'm talking about it out loud, it's starting to um, not be as good. I mean, I understand what they were trying to do with that, but that letter makes absolutely zero sense You're right. at all. Uh, even as an intro to the movie or because – okay, so the callback to the letter in the intro of the movie was to show that scene in its entirety at the end of the movie, which makes it even – Okay, great. You got the callback in there for the letter and what he was writing underneath the desk, but the letter makes no sense whatsoever because it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think maybe what they're trying to get across is the fact that he maybe is going crazy. Which the thing is, though, is if if is if okay, if he did become successful and go back to his mom in the womb and kill himself. This movie is a moot point because this movie doesn't exist because who's there to tell the story of this movie? Right. So the movie's stupid. So he needs to live to have this story be told. Yes. To the average person that was in this timeline, none of this ever happened. But we're watching his journey to make it never happen. <laughs> Oh no, maybe this is a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fucks up your whole time travel. It it was a it was a great journey for me. I, I enjoyed the journey that it took me on. Uh even though it, it by the end of it, it's it's um it's a non journey. Uh, <laughs> by the end of the movie, basically 
the movie made itself irrelevant. The, the, the past two hours are nothing. Everything you've learned about this movie does not exist anymore because of the way he erased himself. It's like a serious version of the movie Bedazzled. Uh, I'm going to need some clarification. <laughs> well, he keeps jumping from being one thing to another, although it's a different concept. He wasn't going back in time. He had the devil oh. granting him wishes, and he just goes to one, to another, to another, but none of them exist because he keeps going back and redoing things over and over again. Uh, but it's, it's, that's, that's the that's... point. So you just showed us a bunch of different... <laughs> possibilities of your life that guess what don't exist at all because you end up killing yourself in your mom's stomach you said be dazzled and i my brain autocorrected to bewitched i was like i don't see how that's correlating <laughs> <laughs> that's the brendan fraser movie where he's uh yes yes <laughs> oh mia es cocoina mia espanol <laughs> oh i feel like we might have done that on spoilers does that sound familiar to no. my show? Did, did we do Bedazzled? We've done a couple of Brendan Fraser movies, but I think Bedazzled might have been one of them. Uh, a long time ago. Yeah, I, I, if you did it, I wasn't on it. Maybe Maestro knows. No, How I, many years has it been? I don't know. That that was, I think, maybe early years with uh, with Hollywood at the helm. Oh, my God. Or maybe, oh, no, I think we did Monkey Bone. I think that's the one we did. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know that. I know we did that one for sure. Oh, my God. We've done so okay. many shitty movies. Okay, so out of this whole movie, the one part of this film – I have two parts, actually, sorry – that I actually was really quite interested in. Oh. I laughed at one part when he lost his hands. Okay. <laughs> because he's like, what the hell is this? Ooh, come on. And then the next one is um, the bit where he's actually choking himself out as a baby. This is ridiculous. <laughs> See, uh, the the way the movie took me through the journey, when he was choking himself out as a baby, it was uh it was nice. In a weird in a weird way to me it was a nice thing. How? Because it connects the dots of the uh non existence. The, the psychic saying you, you don't have a timeline, you shouldn't be here. So I, of- I think I think what you thought was nice was that scene where he was a baby and he was looking at himself or being himself in the womb. It kind of took you back to look who's talking with uh, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. And, Willis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, there he's smiling again. Round, <laughs> round, get around, I get around. So here's here's hey hey here's a little bit of, get out of my here's way. A little bit of, yeah. <laughs> Here's a little bit of added extra information for you. When a baby, before a baby is born, they don't open their eyes. Mm. Right. So how is he supposed to figure out where his umbilical cord was? Well, here's the thing, dude. It was his 24-year-old <laughs> brain that was controlling himself yeah. as a baby in the womb. So, I mean, it's like we had a discussion last time what we would be like in high school if we had the knowledge and and everything that (laughs) we are now in high school, how different we would have been. Somebody Um, told me we'd be paraplegics by now. I don't know. Are we going to look at our arms and go, what the the hell? You know, a 24-year-old brain inside of a fetus, I think you open your eyes. <laughs> and you find the umbilical cord, right? And commit suicide, right? No, that's just that. In any situation, all of us would do the same thing. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, sure. I want to destroy my mom's life. <laughs> She's already had two stillbirths. So let's give her a third. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and and that was a kind of an interesting thing that was also kind of didn't make sense at the end. When uh, he's recalling back to that story, when his mom was telling him, "I had two stillbirths before you," there's a, there's a, it's not a flashback, but it's like a audio flashback. When he's when he's in the womb, you hear the mom saying, "I had three stillbirths before you," so that was he was a third. So then, who is she speaking to <laughs> at that point? A non-existent. Is this going to continue? Does she, does maybe, she have a fourth still? Maybe she. Maybe she actually did finally have another kid because in the in the post part of him killing himself, they're starting to show everybody growing up, and they showed his mom. Didn't his mom get married or, or meet somebody? Yes, yeah, so um, okay. oh, Tom, Tommy and the sister moved away to the mom's house and had a wonderful life, and ended up 
you yeah. know? So maybe she was saying that to her actual kid that she finally did have, not with uh, Jason. Right. Well, spoiler alert, there are two other movies. <laughs> there are two sequels to this movie, and maybe it's the other kids. It's other kids. <laughs> oh, lovely. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of curious. I I still I think enjoy this movie even as we're talking about it. I'm enjoying it less and less. I I think I want to watch the second or third, uh, but I don't have very high expectations. Before or after you watch all the other Sharknados? Uh, Sharknados first, and then I'll watch the <laughs> Butterfly Effects. <Ooh. laughs> because for all we know, what caused the Sharknados was a butterfly flapping in Japan. They caused the tornadoes or the what is it tsunamis? I don't know. How, I don't know science. I'm not a botanist. Be Sharknados, dude. It's in the title of the movie. So okay, so tornadoes <laughs> were caused by a butterfly flapping its wings in Japan. No, they only cause uh, typhoons. Oh, see what the, that's what I was asking. <laughs> well, once the, this typhoon reaches land and becomes a tornado. Uh, and then it's a Sharknado, though. And then Helen Hunt uh, straps herself to a pipe with a belt, and with. She, she survives. Oh, sh- and the Wicked Witch of the West comes down with her broom, with a guy from Aliens. and a house. Yeah, and a house lands on the ruby slippers. Right. And then Emma comes and is the savior, and. <laughs> but then somebody comes in and rewrites the whole thing, and now nothing matters. Yeah, right. All right. So basically, what we're trying time. to say is never wear striped socks with ruby slippers. Got it? Yeah. Okay. So if, if you were in the situation where you could go back and change things from your past, knowing that it's going to change everything about everything you know, do do you have moments in your life that you would think I would want to change that? If if I did if I maybe phrased a certain sentence or question the right way, I would be a different person, different place. Do you ever think about this? For me, every, I don't feel like a little small phrase or something done a little differently would have changed who I was enough for the outcome to change too drastically. I feel like if I were to say one word differently, I feel like nothing would have changed. I feel like it would have been all mute. Okay. Mute. Maybe not a word or phrase, but in, in, in the way in the movie portrays, you go back, there's a very specific moment that you change the outcome uh-huh. based on how you act, what you say, and then that changes the entire course of your history. I think it would change the entire course of history in general. Around the around my area, yeah, I think it's possible because what I would have done is probably saved one of my friends' life. So, what that in itself would have changed the course of life in general already too. If, if there was a moment that went back where, uh, oh, this, this should be interesting. When we all met, all of us. Oh, when I met okay. when I met you, Mister. When I met a cowboy. Uh-huh. If there was a, a slight change in anything where we would not have met, how different do you think you'd be now? So are, are you telling me things would be different between you and I, Adam, if I started calling you when I first met you by your real name? No, for, for us, the difference would be when – when it would be the same kind of moment when I met Maestro and Jester in high school. If something were to happen where I didn't approach them as, hey, let's be friends, I would not know Maestro, I would not know Jester, and because I wouldn't know them, I would also not know you. I feel like timelines are intertwined regardless. I feel like just one instance where fleeting – one fleeting instance where you could have done something or said something differently, uh, considering where we were, how young we were, I feel like – that would have caused nothing. I feel it's like your destiny. You, yeah, I feel like I am your destiny, Adam. <laughs> Think of yeah, it this way: um, I'm when me and me and Adam met. We was in high school, and we see each other every day. At that time, 
I feel like if he didn't say anything, eventually his attitude or the way he talks or something he would have said would have sparked my interest to talk to him anyways. So I feel like even if he decided not to put his uh, best best foot forward, I feel like it, it would have shown anyways eventually. Just like so it would be if, if you would have gone up to him in high school and tried to talk to him and he told you to fuck off, <laughs> you would have been like, that guy's going to be really good friends with me. One day. <laughs> I feel um, it. It's happened before. Well, that's with lots of alcohol when you guys were already friends. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, like, literally, I mean, I've had people tell me that they want to fight me and beat me up. And well, a couple of years down the road, we're like hanging out and talking and having a good time. I mean, I, I want to fight you in my dreams, too, but that's only because, like, uh, I would never try and do that in real life because I'd end up like the fetus of this kid in uh, the movie. You'd choke yourself and, out? <laughs> you would find some Jedi mind trick to pull on me to make me choke myself out. and uh, It doesn't happen like that in my dreams, though. In my right. dreams... Uh, you still kick my ass. Let's, let's be real about my dreams, but uh, <laughs> I at least I I at least get to pinch you once. Why wait for tonight? Pinch. <laughs> oh, I do that during the tonight? day. I do that during the day on my lunch break too, dude. Don't worry about it. I haven't heard of that fighting style, <laughs> the uh, uh, pinching dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Just That's just, just as close as I get. I, I, in my dream, I actually go to punch him, but to him, it probably feels like a pinch because. It it doesn't come off very well. I'm imagining the fight scenario where you swing uh, somehow. I don't know how, but you evade all his defenses, and instead of punching him in the face, (laughs) yeah, somehow you you avoid Maestro's lightsaber, and then you just do a honk honk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he is wearing a big red nose, you know. But it's a weird thing to think about, because and that's why I think I like this movie so much, because there's so many things that had to happen in a certain way for things to end up how they are now. And as I mentioned before, if, if I never approached you and Jester uh, in PE that, that one year in high school, our, our friendship wouldn't have blossomed to where it became. This podcast wouldn't be what it is, because this podcast is impossible without Maestro. Maestro's the one that kind of put a uh, oh, I was going to use different references. Uh, no, use put, it. Use it. Use it. <laughs> he, it. he put a. a, a <laughs> he helps. Uh, he, he motivated me one. to do it. <laughs> Without uh, putting boots and asses or uh, branding irons and also asses, uh, it's this whole podcast was possible because Maestro eventually got tired of me talking about it and said, "Just fucking do it." <laughs> so without. Meeting Maestro without approaching Maestro and Jester in high school, this wouldn't be a thing. The podcast wouldn't be a thing. I, I, my whole life would be different. Everything would change off of one instant, one simple thing that gets changed, and the whole course of your life is different. And I think that's what this movie did very well. It's a very small change in one situation, one act in the childhood changes the entire course of the entire history of your life. And I, th- I think that's why I enjoyed it. Are you sure this is what you're hoping for? Everything, really? Okay. Uh, for those of you not on the video stream with us, Maestro has his pants down, and he's standing in front <laughs> of the camera. I do not appreciate this. And he's playing with the puppet. Right. Oh, that's not a puppet? Nope. Well, he was making it talk. That's called Puppetry of the Penis. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so you call that penis tree. Right. So as we talk about this, I wish I would have gone back to high school and just not met Maestro so that I didn't have to see that whole display. <laughs> no, but, no, but, but then we wouldn't, we wouldn't be doing this, though. Right. No. Understand? 50-50. Eh, <laughs> but... It's, it's it's very important, I think, to realize the very small things that you can change at the time seem small. In retrospect, huge. Had I not uh, approached a certain girl at a certain time, uh, maybe I would be with her or be not with her. My whole life would change. I wouldn't have my daughter. I wouldn't have you guys. 
a lot of things. You'd still be a virgin. <gasps> right. It's very possible. I, I'd be, <laughs> I don't know. They'd be writing a movie about you. Right. Four year old virgin. <laughs> yeah. I'd be in the basement somewhere. Uh, <laughs> it feels like sacks, bags of sand. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy to think. Because I, I think the butterfly effect is, as, as much as the phrasing of it, if a butterfly flaps its wings in Japan, it causes a typhoon. That's crazy. But if you put it into much more real perspective, every choice ripples throughout your entire timeline. Like cellulite on a thigh? I mean, I think I think everybody, a lot, a lot of a lot of people, you know, cellulite on the thigh, slap the thigh, ride the wave, in. anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, I say that a lot. Shit. Yep. See, now I wish I could go back and not say that. <laughs> 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 There's a mute button for a reason. Because <laughs> this this is something I obsess about constantly, and I was actually talking about this uh, yesterday with my daughter, and my girlfriend, that. Every day, I obsess about the day. At the end of the day, I obsess. I could have phrased that differently. If I would have said this or not said this, the outcome at the end of the day would have been different. And it consumes my brain to such a point that it drives me crazy. This is why I listen to to podcasts or I put on – I'm playing uh, video games to distract myself from overthinking every single action I take – Every single day, and how life would be different if I just changed this one action. Do you ever wonder? There's this one saying that I always heard it's tough to make a decision, even tougher to stand by it. Hmm. I don't think that works for me because. because oh, go ahead. Well, I'm, the way I'm saying is this is like. You just make a decision and then just run with it and then just live with the consequences because, A, nothing happens for to you from changing what you've already done if you, because you can't change it. You have to keep on going with what you already have and live with it. That's the hardest part. The only thing that you can get from thinking about what you've done in the past is just introspect so you don't have that kind of situation happen to you in the future but everything that's been done in the past is already there in mm-hmm. stone right so to- every every mistake is an experience but not every experience is a mistake yes but the the thing what Masha was saying where I differ is I don't just make a decision and live with it. I, I first agonize <laughs> over the decision almost to the point where it's like, Oh, I was taking too long to think about it. And now the decision is out of my hands. Somebody else made a decision for me. So like, uh, for instances for asking out a girl, I'm gonna, <clears throat> I gonna, I want to ask her out. It's been, all right. I, I've been thinking about it and thinking about it for weeks. And now when I do ask her out, Oh, now she's got a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> taken out of my hands. I, I think too much about the choices I make beforehand. And then also after the decision is made, I'm also thinking about it in to the point where it's, it drives me insane. Yes. So be, in, in this movie where you're able to go back and change certain things. Ah, uh, now I see why you like this movie. So I, much. I think I, I would, I would be as crazy as, as Ashton was that I, I, I want to go back and I want to change too many things to the point where my brain explodes because I have, uh, whatever it's not a tumor, but I, whatever is making his brain expand, I, my brain would explode before I gave up. He gave up much sooner than I would have given up. Maybe the pain from doing everything and feeling it ever afterwards is what caused him to do that. Uh, anyways, what I'm saying is, it's not bad to think about it, but by thinking about it too much. You lose out on chances you have. Yeah. So, like, for instance, in the movie, there was 
there was a certain timeline that was almost perfect. He had his he had the girl. Uh, Tommy was fine, or no, no, Tommy was not fine. But he he had the girl, and everything was kind of okay. And he thought this is perfect until oh, my mom has cancer; she's about to die. I'll fix that. And by fixing that, he messes everything else up. And now everybody's happy. Oh, no. Uh, Actually, when his mom had cancer, he had no arms. Right. I think what you're thinking about is the time where he was in the fraternity and he had the girl, but Tommy had just got out of jail and destroyed his car, and he ended up fucking everything up because he ended up killing Tommy Right. and ended up in jail. So, so he fixed his life where he, now he had the girl, but that fucked over Tommy and it still fucked over, uh, Lenny. Was it Lenny? Yeah. Yeah. Disney. So Lenny and Tommy got fucked. He was happy. She was happy. All right. I got, I, I could fix this. So now he fixes it. Tommy, Lenny and Kaylee are all happy, but now mom's about to die. I think that might have been the closest to perfect for this movie, but he it wasn't enough for him. He wanted to make everything right, which you can't do. It's impossible to make everything right. Yes. Any choice you yes. make, there are going to be victors and losers. In this case, there were more victors and losers, but the one loser was his mom, and he's not about to let that happen. So he goes back. And in fact, he was a loser in that situation too. He lost his arms. All his friends are happy. No arms. Mom's about to die. I can fix this, and that's. And I think that's why maybe I relate to this movie so much because I I'm I'm constantly the fixer. I can fix it. Whatever it is, I can fix it. I can make it right. And I I would go back, try to fix it, end up fucking things up more, and more and more and more until eventually, out of choices. I understand at the end of the movie where he comes to the point where he decides, I gotta be, I gotta be out of this. Without me, none of this happens. Everybody's happy. Uh, uh, Tommy and Kaylee fucked because I was there. Lenny also fucked because I was there. Mom also fucked because I was there. If I'm not here, you guys are all good. I, I get it. I understand where he's coming from, and it's 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 kind of a sad ending, but it's also kind of beautiful for me because I think I relate to it. In the phrase, uh, not the phrase, in the way that I want to make things better, where Evan did, I, I think he made the right choice, and it's a sad ending. But to me, it was it was a happy ending. Well, it's uh, it's it's weird because like I feel, especially you know my life, you know up until this point, I think with what I have learned from mistakes and experiences in my past, I've learned so much that I'm a different person than I was at certain points in my life. Right. Because of the knowledge and the experience and the mistakes. And so I never, obviously I don't have the ability to go back and change something. Um, but I do have the ability to learn from my mistakes and be different and act different. But for some reason, like, I mean, without getting too like to dive into it too much, but it's like, I changed one aspect of how I was before, say with the previous relationship. And now I'm not doing that, but now I'm also over exaggerating, not doing it that I'm causing something else. Right. And now I'm not happy with what I'm causing now by over exaggerating that change. Yeah. And now it's to the point where I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. You know, I'm, I'm done trying sometimes, you know, it's like, I'm never going to get this right. You know? Yeah. If I was this way before I, I screwed things up and now I'm this way and now I'm screwing things up over here doing it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. I'm unhappy making the changes that I think will make things better and it's still causing the same kind of bullshit. So why not just be the person I was where I was happy and the same bullshit happened? That, that's, that's, that's the, and, and that's what this movie brought out in me is 
there's there's things that you can change, things you can't change, but you have no idea what change you make in yourself is going to affect everything else. And I, I think this kind of cemented it in my brain is you got to do what's right for you at the time. And at the time, it, it might end up bad, it might end up good, but you can't you can't change it. If you try to change it, it changes everything. If I were to go back in time and change the things that I wasn't happy about as a child, I wouldn't be who I am now. Everything that has happened to me up to this point has made me who I am. And I got things I can work on, but overall, I'm not upset with who I am. I think I'm a decent person. But if I went back, if I had the ability to go back and change those things, I would, but I would regret it because I would not be who I am today. Everything you've gone through, all the all the struggles, all the fuck-ups that you've had in your entire life is makes you who you are. And if you're not happy with that person, you still have the chance to, moving forward, make that better. But if you go back and change something, in the same way where uh, Ashton went back, uh, Evan, went back and tried to change something, he became a... Uh, for uh fraternity fraternity sorority fraternity douchebag i don't think he would have liked to be that person it seemed perfect but it's not him and i think that that's that's why this movie resonates for me i would like to change a lot of things about my life but i think changing those things would make me a different person that i would not like and i think i think that's why this movie's uh powerful for me Don't don't kill yourself in the womb, dude. <laughs> Never, no. The world needs. I mean, me. <laughs> I, if you did that, I wouldn't even know you existed. So, I mean, it, like, yeah, yeah. So you just be uh, talking to yourself in the garage right now. <laughs> so things would be normal. <laughs> All right. I, I do think this movie has much more profound meaning than I think was taken by people. I, I, it's it's more important of a reflective thing than I think was given credit for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Blah, 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 blah. Let's move on. <laughs> if you have the ability to go back in time and change something, stop it. Don't do it. Right. Just don't do it. Yeah. Because you'd be a different person, and and then the person that you are now would not want to change those things, and or maybe wouldn't. It's this is why time travel is so fucking weird. It's like Back to the Future, you know. Yeah, he changed one little thing. He, he took, he grabbed the almanac, the sports almanac, and brought it back. You know, and that go to the second movie, fucked everything up. Because, right, you know. And then he became president of the United States. Biff got the freaking <laughs> almanac, and yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, anything else about the movie you want to talk about before you get onto the uh, the games that we're going to play? No. Cool. All right. So <laughs> we're going to yeah, play. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're going to do the Rotten Tomatoes game. Okay. This, this is where I make you guys guess the score on Rotten Tomatoes for the critics and the audience. For those of you who are familiar with the scoring system, it's an average score between zero and fifty nine is rotten. Sixty eighty four is fresh 85 and up certified fresh. So I'm going to give you some reviews from the critics and the audience, and then I'll have you okay. guess what they scored it at. Let's start with the audience this time. Let's do good reviews from the audience. This is from Avnish M. Can't believe it took me so long to watch this. Definitely one of Ashton Kutcher's finest movies and performances. If you think overly critically, I feel like that's bad grammar, uh, you can point out numerous problems and issues with the concept and trajectory of the plot. However, if you're willing to suspend disbelief and just go with it, you're rewarded with an incredibly engrossing and entertaining movie that keeps you at the edge of your seat throughout and does not let go until the credits roll. All right. Good review. Here's another one. Will, uh, Wilman, Wilman A. 
Oh, no. This person does not use capitalization. It's going to be bad grammatically. Maybe a translation. Anyway. Although given rotten, the movie included five best movies I've ever seen. One of the best sci-fi movies I've ever seen. Very great performance by Ashton Kutcher and very great directing by Eric Bress and Jay Mackie Gruber. One of the best idea movie I've ever watched. (laughs) Very great start Uh, and beautiful uh. with the ending. If you love fantasy movie and mind-breaking movie, you will love it just like me. All right. Those are good reviews. Here's some bad reviews. It's interesting to me that the uh, the audience has much more detailed reviews than the critics, but let's move on. Bad review. Tim E. The acting, the writing, and the directing were all horrendous. This movie was a barreling, frenetic runaway train, and I had no idea where it was going as the minutes dragged on into hours. The disturbing scenes in this movie were tasteless, counterintuitive, pointless, and dislodging. It couldn't make up its mind if it wanted to be an endearing romance or an on-the-edge-of-your-seat thriller. Two thumbs way, way down. I can confidently say that The Butterfly Effect is the worst movie I have seen thus far. All right, this, this one's from Ashley H. The Butterfly Effect is a disappointing film. Is about a young man blocks out harmful memories of significant events in his life. Ashton Kutcher and Amy Smart give awful performances. The script is badly written. Eric Bess and J. Mackie Gruber did a terrible job directing this movie. I was not impressed with this motion picture. So those are the audience reviews. Based on that, what do you think the audience rated this movie? On the Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, I want to go with an even 50. 50 for the Mishiro. What do you got, Cowboy? Well, you got to go right down the middle, man. (laughs) That's not not cool. It's like I got to go higher or lower. But how much higher? How much lower? It's like we're playing that game on Jackbox, you know? Yeah. So you're going to do 49 or 51. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um. I'm going to go, see, this is ridiculous because I was going to say 55, you know, and he goes 50, and I feel like I got to go higher than 55 because 55 is too close to 50, but let's just go 55. You know, I think that if we go 55, I think either way, you still will get the outcome you're looking for because either way, I mean, you're either higher or you're lower from what I said. So if it is higher, then you win. But am I am I going to be closer? If I if you know the, what I'm saying is like, what if it's fifty two? Then I win. Yeah. The audience rates this movie fresh with eighty one percent. Hot damn! Oh wow! See you won. So, Cowboy gets the audience. Now the tomato meter, the critics. Top critics. Let's start with the... Let's go with bad first. Jonathan Crocker from BBC.com. Lobotomized entertainment that's dark, violent, and hilariously dumb. Michael Agar from Slate. It's as if Kutcher decided that he would prove himself as a dramatic actor by trying out every cliched serious role in the history of cinema. All right, good reviews from the top critics. Mike LaSalle from San Francisco Chronicle. It's trash. (laughs) That's a bad start for a good review. It's trash, and yet there will always be a place for this kind of trash at the movies. Not sure why that's a good review, but it is. Uh, Connie Ogle from Miami Herald. Better than you might expect, despite its awkward, slow beginning drawing you in gradually and paying off in surprisingly effective and bittersweet ways. So those are the critics, good and better views. What do you think the tomato what, meter is? What, what did the audience rate it again? It was fresh at 82 80, or something like that. Fresh right? at 81. 81. Okay. You know. I, I'm going to go typically how things usually go. 
audience usually rates things higher than critics. Uh, typically, uh, on a typical note, um, and I've typically found it to be about like like a twenty point swing usually. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna go twenty points from eighty one and go sixty one. Ooh. All right. <sighs> I'm gonna go. This is gonna be difficult. I don't know. Now, now you know where I was last time when you said 50. I was like, <laughs> it's like, you son of a yeah, bitch. I'll, I'll do 70. I'll do 70. I'll do 70. 70? And uh, yeah. Cowboy was 61? The tomato meter has this as rotten at 33%. Wow. Shit. Womp, womp. Cowboy. This is a huge swing. You get both showcases. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, but not because I was within 250 points. <laughs> oh, that's right. No, you, you don't get both showcases. All right. This is going to be interesting. Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this film. We have found historically that they make films better just by being in them. So if you had to take somebody out of this movie and replace Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman into the movie, who would you take out and replace them with? I think Paul Giamatti should be Lenny. Yeah, I agree with that one. Ooh. Okay. And Gary Oldman, I was thinking as Tommy. Because he can play pretty evil-looking dude. That's a good point. That's a very good. Well, they both could play pretty evil-looking dude. Yeah, but I mean, I'm looking at the characters. Yeah. You know, Paul Giamatti fits the Lenny look of Lenny. And Gary Ullman would fit more of the look. See, what, was, what, what threw me weird in this movie is Tommy is like the aggressor, the badass. And he's the shortest, smallest one of the bunch. Yes. Napoleon Complex. For Yes. Sure. I, I do got to say, the, uh, the, the, the actor that played young Tommy was phenomenal. I loved young Tommy as, a, as, as an actor. He, 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 he was so menacing. Especially in that scene in the in the movie theater where he just he beats up that guy, that was chilling to me. Seeing him with that face, it was it was great. And the casting I think was also very good as far as young Tommy and older Tommy. Uh, not so much with uh, with with Kaylee, and uh, also maybe not with Lenny, but the casting for Tommy young and old I think was perfect. And even Ashton's younger self and older self, I think, was very good as far as casting goes. The guy that played um, Evan's roommate in college, the gothic big dude, he yes. was the big guy that played in uh, American History X, right? Yes, he was. Ah, that's what I thought. Okay. And I have him as Paul Giamatti. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> my replacement. <laughs> Paul Giamatti is a punk. Got yes. It. Oh, my God. I mean, that would make it a comedy, though, wouldn't it? It, it would add some humorous things to it, for sure. I, I do agree with you as a older Tommy, as uh, Gary Oldman. That that would have been great. But it would be harder to cast a kid that looked like he could grow up to be uh, Oldman, but that's fine. Good times. All right, let's do trivia. This is part of the show where I give you guys a little f- bits of facts or information you may know about the film. All the prison scenes were filmed in a real prison, Washington State, with real prisoners. I don't know if the main actors, the ones that were uh, Ashton Kutcher was about to give a blowjob to, were actual prisoners, but mostly prisoners. During one of Evan's flashback scenes, he can be heard reading parts of Ray Bradbury's short story, A Sound of Thunder. In this story, a group of people travel millions of years into the past to hunt dinosaurs. One of them accidentally steps on, steps on and kills a butterfly, which drastically alters the future. Much like Homer Simpson when he went back in time and uh, eventually got a donut reigning world. <laughs> Oh, good times. In the early versions of the script, the character of Evan was originally Chris Treborn. 
which the T is moved over and becomes Christ Reborn. This was changed to Event Reborn, which turns out to be Event Reborn. If you switch the letters around. Let's see. One of the most widely read, unproduced scripts of the industry, this movie. It was until Ashton Kutcher signed on as an executive producer that the movie was greenlit. So this would have been on the sidelines until Ashton Kutcher stood up and said, I'll do it. You got a movie. Josh Hartnett, Sean William Scott, and Joshua Jackson were each offered the role of Evan. Do you recognize the name Sean William Scott? Yeah, Stifler. Stifler. How different would the movie have been if Stifler was the main character? Um, <laughs> I don't think I, I, I think I would have had the same, the same issue going into the movie where I wouldn't have been able to take him seriously. And I don't think he would have done as well of a job trying to be serious Yeah, as Ashton Kutcher. I agree. That's crazy for me to say that. No, I, I agree with that. Uh, Josh Hartnett, I think he was the guy that played... Uh, in Sin City, uh, in the elevator with the Gilmore Girl person. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, let's see. The main character, Evan, wrote a total of 4,745 entries from age 6 to 19. So it's about uh, 13 years times 365 days. Therefore, the entries divided would make 24 notebooks. So 24 notebooks would have been his entire life that he had to go through, which is why I think he was upset at a certain point when his mom said, I only got you three. No, I need a lot more than three. I need all the notebooks because it's chronicling 13 years of life when he can go back in time and fix things. All right. Uh, Money Makes the World Go Round. Let's put this film in perspective with other films that were released this year so we get a feel financially held up to its peers. The budget for this film was $13 million. I want to get you guys' guess what this film graced total, grossed, graced, grossed, done grossified worldwide, foreign and domestically. $13 million multiplied by three. Uh, it's thirty nine, seven hundred fourteen. Yep, oh, oh so forty million tops. No, you're right. <laughs> okay, forty million. Forty million tops. I'm gonna go fifty two. In the U.S., this grossed fifty seven point nine million dollars. Mm. Foreign box office was thirty eight point nine, bringing its total worldwide gross to ninety six point eight million. Wow. Is this the first time Cowboys run away with it? I think this is the first time I swept everything. (laughs) All right. This film debuted on January 22nd, 2004, with $17.1 million on the opening weekend. This was the 55th highest grossing film of 2004. Number one that year, 2004, you want to take a guess? It's a Star Wars, isn't it? It is not... Oh, X-Men. It was made for children. <laughs> made for children. Finding Nemo. Uh-huh. Shrek 2. Oh, yeah. Womp womp. <laughs> Not a year for movies, I assume. Uh, no, I just... I, I, I've only seen Shrek 1. They're fine movies. Uh, they're not great. They're fine. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that was 2004's The Butterfly Effect, directed by Eric Bress and Jim McKee Gruber. <laughs> Check out our website, rapidpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Spoilers Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Ratback Productions. Write to us via email, spoilers at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests. Please rate and view. Sh- the, please rate. 
Oh my god! If you can only see the faces that are being made at me, <laughs> the stupid Zoom. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, if you rate and review the show, it helps us in the rankings. Get us up there. It's good times, man. If you rate and review the show, and you give us a recommendation for a movie, we'll watch that before any of the movie. Next week, unclear. There's a movie that I would like to watch, but I need to check in with other people's. We'll see what's going to happen. Um, uh, may or not involve Hollywood. We'll see how it goes. If not, we'll put that on to future dates with uh, all this quarantine stuff and busy schedules. It's, it's hard to keep track of things. If you have a recommendation, please, again, email us. But until then, I'm Adam. I'm... Cowboy. Sons of bitches. All right. And there's my show. Very good. What?